Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this monthly conversation with Sean McDonough and Jeff Vorosky, we get back to our roots and talk about the latest SharePoint announcements and other industry news. Let's get started. to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. And, oh, should I do my uh, the wrestling announcer introductions? <laughs> it, was, it went over so well last time, yeah. My co-conspirators for today are Sean McDonough, a consultant <laughs> with Bitstream Foundry in Cincinnati, Ohio, and a Microsoft 365 Apps and Services MVP, and Jeff Verosky, a senior architect for Insight co-founder of the Boston Office 365 user group, and the co-founder of the new Janky Workshop, not to be confused with the even newer Janky Workshop, out on YouTube. We don't uh, know Janky Workshop. Well, it's the, even, it's the newer Janky Workshop. Those guys are your biggest competition there, Jeff. So I don't know if you're aware of what they're doing, but yeah, I'd yeah. be angry. Do they have a Massachusetts license plate that says Janky? I don't think uh, so. I don't think so. But welcome, <laughs> gentlemen. Thank you. Hi, so thank good you. to be here. Well, I thought this is, um, you know, be a great just kind of a, a stroll down memory lane. But today's topic is SharePoint. <gasps> the word bum, is bum, bum. SharePoint. <laughs> so describe it without using the word. Okay, go. <laughs> uh, I have a T-shirt somewhere that does that. Yeah, and I found an old sticker. Ooh. That that was among the haul I uh, picked up when I was uh, packing up the office. So got that and uh you don't do you know who i am the you know, <laughs> goofy sticker oh the, uh, i just had more of those printed <laughs> no. feel free to send me an update oh yeah pack. exactly yeah D- didn't i send you one of these jeff <laughs> i do have one but i i yeah. didn't i i can always use more stickers of course of course well there's Look, there was a lot of news. We just so coming out of uh, I know I was only of the three of us. I was the only one that was there in Las Vegas for the M365 conference and that aligned with uh, the announcements. If you've not read the blog post out there, uh, Mr. Jeff Teeper, who's now the president of collaborative apps and platforms at Microsoft and the father of uh, of SharePoint. Um, but he wrote a blog post out on the Microsoft 365 blog. Welcome to the new era of SharePoint and OneDrive in Microsoft 365. So there's a bunch of stuff that's going on. And I'm sure both of you have done just a massive deep dive into all things SharePoint. Jeff, uh, in the last uh, 30 seconds that I told you the topic <laughs> that we're going to be covering today. SharePoint's given the capital P, right? <laughs> that's right. All well, right. that's one of the newest features is that, yes. Yes. I'm Jeff sure. watched the blip bird. <laughs> well, I mean, the last couple of times we've gotten together, we've been talking about the co-pilot stuff that's been out there for a while. Um, and I mean, so Norm Young and I, and in fact, last week's podcast was about the co-pilot stuff, kind of going into it from a, you know, a, a, an analytics perspective. Um, but uh, obviously a lot of focus around co-pilot and all the announcements. There's the Microsoft 365 co-pilot. There's the new Microsoft Loop app and the Loop 
co-pilot stuff, which I'm jealous of the folks that have that early access. And there's the new Microsoft Teams preview stuff, but then it's co-pilot Microsoft Viva, Microsoft Security Copilot, GitHub Copilot, and now Copilot in SharePoint. What is Copilot in SharePoint? Great question. It's, yeah. uh, it's somebody that drives along next to you and navigates. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's the basic concept of Copilot. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm glad I can help. <laughs> well, Does there's, Copilot there's a, get a Copilot? Uh, it, copilot what is that for Copilot? Copilot. Copilot? Or is it Copilot-y? Or backseat driver. We need a backseat. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you should be tagging your metadata better. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So there, there is an, a, a, an accompanying post by Adam Harmitz uh, on SharePoint in the AI era, introducing Copilot in SharePoint and 10 more innovations for creators. So he goes through and walks through that. But the idea of that, if you've not seen the videos that are out there, some of the demos, and there's a bunch of stuff out there, I would go take a look at the video. Um, well, basically I can go, if I've created a PowerPoint template or I have a, a Word doc or a PDF that uh, outlines like what our company or this project is trying to do and all the players and the goals and all that, you can actually go and have SharePoint generate a site, create a new site based around that document, that planning document where it can even try and, and create the style, the, the font, the look and feel um, of that presentation, uh, and then pull from the content for the descriptions and what it thinks are uh, you know, the right content pieces to include within that site. I mean, so it's incredibly powerful, like any of the other Copilot demo that you've seen where it's going in and based on your natural language input, it then takes that instruction and goes and creates. And so, yeah, you definitely want to go check that out. So this is the, I think that the joke at MVP Summit a month ago was the theme around the SharePoint announcements was, uh, remember back in 2016, which the the May the 4th event, uh, the, 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 the thing that took place in San Francisco, this, the, the whole thing was making SharePoint beautiful. And the joke uh, at MVP Summit was making SharePoint even more beautiful. <laughs> uh, Which is exactly what we need. The world needs now. We need honesty in advertising, making SharePoint look like something other than SharePoint. That's the first request. But still looking branding. like SharePoint. But still looking like SharePoint, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I think well, it's... I think it's pretty cool to have that functionality. I mean, because, you know, with modern, you had a team site and a communication site, and that's it. And you can do all this stuff. There were these other templates, like the sales template and stuff like that, which were great, but it had a lot of crap that you had to cut out that just wasn't useful for the site. And it still required a lot of work. Um, and so just, I feel like my mom is like, cut out the crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. raising a lot through my life. Yeah, knock it yeah, off. SharePoint backseat driver, cut the crap. <laughs> Drive better. You're a lush. Shut up, mom. You're drinking. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I do think the idea of um, you know having a, a guided 
experience and help along the way based on what you want and reading your intention based on how you put it in is is important. I'm kind of curious. I mean, in the past, we've had you know site templates, we've had page templates, we've had lots of different templates, as Jeff was saying. Um, my my wondering is somebody who tends to get into the plumbing a little bit more is, um, you know, I realize it can build sites and pages and whatnot, but I assume we're still going to need a human to tune things, make decisions on things that might be nice to have, but actually drag down your performance, things like that. Um, do we have any sense of that? Uh, well, how good that will be? Well, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I think Copilot is a for the first time in a while for Microsoft to brand something, name something, which this was a brilliant name. It's, it is a co-pilot. It's not replacing you as the pilot. Like it, this is a, this is an augmented reality, not a virtual reality experience. Like you can't remove the human component from that. Well, at least not yet. Um, that'll be the even <laughs> more version 2.0 double plus good, beautiful SharePoint that'll come out in another six to eight years. The Skynet no, uh, edition. This, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I love, to your, to your point, I, I made this before point before we started recording about how so many organizations have moved, like the majority of content that's created is around video content now. Yeah. And I'm like, I consume so much, like I don't have time to read through all of this. Let me, let me check out this video, this walkthrough of this concept. Okay, I get that. Um, to be able to go in and create sites that allow you to better navigate and consume video content. I mean, that's one of the benefits, um, to, but to, to be able to go and I mean, I, there's so much focused on the aesthetic aspects of it. I mean, one of the main complaints of, uh, moving to modern, uh, away from the classic and, and away from all the broken inheritance, customized sites, the things that were done. But a lot of that was broken SharePoint was because organizations needed to have more control over the design, over the look and feel and the the aesthetics of the site are just so critical. And so now you have uh, the new brand center, you have the ability to import and utilize your own fonts if you've created I, I worked with the company years ago that created its own font um i had in fact my company that i sold 20 years ago like we created our own font for our typography for our business cards and website i don't know why we did that but we <laughs> but Be we correct. did that so it was, in, it was important specific to our logo we just, it was a, like a style thing, like again, but but it, the why is irrelevant. You know, the fact that, you know, as a, as a company that was important to us to be able to, uh, to be able to, to maintain that, import that in. And so have the sites that maintain that brand consistency, it's, it's critical. So I love the, the simpler authoring process, being able to go and look at my style guide, pull in my, my company overview or a project overview, whatever that is, and generate a site based off of that. That's huge. Yeah. Anything that uh, narrows that gap between uh, design guides and technical specs and then how to implement it is mm -hmm. definitely going to be a win because let's face it. I mean, the average organization, even with competent uh, 
UI UX folks, you know, SharePoint is its own beast still after all these years. I mean, it's something we've been saying for 10 or 20 years now. It just, it does its own thing. It's multiple layers of CSS, all of that stacked up. And for somebody to, you know, it's kind of like um, taking a look at it and going blind by what you see. It's, don't make me do this. I, you know, I, I've changed one little style, one little uh, CSS uh, directive, and now everything ends with a purple period. It's like, you know, and yeah. you can feel their pain. I mean, I know you guys have been at it a while. I've been doing SharePoint since 2004, back in the Portal Server 2003 days. And that was, you know, that is positively prehistoric with where the platform is right now. But even with where it is right now, it's not as easy as it should be. So yeah, yeah that's a, a wonderful thing to have that um, centralized brand management. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys missed that part of the announcement that Teeper made was about the fact that this is the first major SharePoint announcements version release where they're not also introducing a new framework <laughs> behind the scenes <laughs> oh my God. like all that stuff still like you could go and make it even more beautiful and everything that you've built all your solutions will just continue to work with that which was the vision <laughs> when microsoft when they moved everything to the cloud was Ugh. hey so that so that, that microsoft could make changes like this could update the functionality, the features that, avail that are available without changing the fundamentals underneath. Uh, yeah, so, I, I, I think it was AC or Andrew Connell um, who said that, uh, you know, Microsoft says this is the last technology we're ever going to build on. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> Hurtful, but I agree with you. <laughs> we, we, developers have been through so many iterations. I mean, anybody who's stuck with it this long is, you know, they've got a vested interest in SharePoint or are hoping that uh, they're going to be able to bank that experience somehow. Uh, you know, the future COBOL programmers of America, um, as these systems still live on. I mean, I'm not joking when I say I have in the last year uh, helped an organization that was still running Portal Server 2003. Um, cool. and it's, you know, they weren't trying to completely update. They were trying to get to 2010. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, and that's a massive leap, but you know, between 10 and where we are right now, equally as large yeah. a leap. So there's definite, uh, longevity to this stuff. And as far as development, you know, server side development, um, you know, sandbox solutions, they hated <laughs> those. Yep. Uh, all sorts of stuff. But it keeps the I'm developers busy. I'm just waiting for the next version of the Fab 40 to roll around. There'll be something that'll be <sighs> grown. <laughs> I, I was I was kind of sad that that wasn't their big announcement. There was a bit of that joke because they talked about, hey, there's a bunch of new templates and things for content creation. And you hear somebody in the back, you hear somebody uh, like under breath be like, like the Fab 40? <laughs> I, I imagine a bunch of implementers in this, you know, audience going, <laughs> slitting wrists and everything. Yeah. Well, there, there's um, something, you know, a few years back when Microsoft started going and looking across, um, you know, the office suite, the productivity suite, and saying, hey, when I open up and I, I click on share in PowerPoint or OneDrive or you know anywhere in Word, 
Yeah. It should be the same menu. It should be similar options. And so they started streamlining. Because if you remember that across the different products, you might have very different options that look yeah. different, what popped up and all those kinds of things. They tried to streamline those. I mean, part of this around the content creation. Um, and again, you can see this on Adam's uh, blog post, um, which is linked from the Teeper article. Where one of one of the screenshots is, but I, I it really stood out to me because there's new kind of streamlined UI for uh, for OneDrive as well. But the way that they're trying to make the, like going into SharePoint and creating an authoring that experience very consistent with if you have your Microsoft 365 like that that initial tray like here's the last things that you had open. This is what you were working on. Here you were working on this for the, these are local, these are in the cloud, give you access to those. It's doing the same thing with SharePoint. So it's giving you like, hey, here's here's the various uh, you know templates that are being used in your organization. I think you can pin them or they can have organizational templates as well. It's giving you then like all the pages, all the content that you own around that. It's also focusing more on co-creation of these. So if, if I want to go create from a template a you know a video catalog that's training materials for my organization, I can pull Sean and Jeff into that the creation of that. Of course, we'll never get anything done. <laughs> There'll be a lot of unrelated videos that get added to that. It'd just be True that. chaos. But it would be together chaos. Yeah. Enjoyable. Yeah, the, the co-authoring is is a very cool feature that has been a long time coming forward. Uh, you know, how many times are we on, at least I am on calls with clients, we're like, hey, let's open it up and make a change. Well, I want to do this. Hold on, let me check it back in. And then you get to check it out. And then like, or I can make that change for you. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. It does yeah. how he is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've all had that exact experience. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wait, I don't have it checked out. Well, it says it's checked out to you, but I don't have it checked out. I checked it back in. Well, it still says it's checked out to you. Have you tried to refresh it? Reboot. Reboot. And again, I think that's for a lot of organizations, especially those that are, um, you know, have a detailed intranet are still using SharePoint is very much part of the way that their organization functions. Um, separate from how Teams functions and utilizing the two. I mean, one, Microsoft is talking about having deeper integrations between Exchange and Outlook and Teams and SharePoint and OneDrive and, and kind of everything in between and all the productivity tools um, so that you can, you know, open up and co-edit uh, within those things, you know, the content, the, the assets that are in the environment. You have the the brand center, which, again, we've talked about the, you know, the typography, but, you know, the fonts you use, the colors, logos, um, you know, everything that you try to maintain, if you maintain those things, if that's important to your organization. If it's not, you know, then, hey, you're you're fine with an out-of-the-box template. That, that's great. We're not, we're not calling anybody people, anybody out on their <laughs> lack of style. People. Jeff. Lack of style. <laughs> I'm you know, looking at Jeff. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. That's yeah, right. There yeah. is, there, there is a definite um, style to to Jeff. I'm uh, so I'm not to say he's without style. I'm just judging him on his style. Oh, thank you. At least he's being <laughs> transparent about it. Yeah. 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 
So Microsoft Loop is probably a play for that uh, space as well, trying to tie in the uh, more extensive co-authoring in real time can, reflection on data. Can I throw something out there again? Like, why do I need to have a separate Loop app? Why can't it just be integrated in? Yeah. I'm just saying. Hashtag, I'm just saying. Hashtag, can anybody don't you know explain who that I am? to me? What, why does why is it relevant? Like it like I realize that they're creating something that is and, and I'm not meaning to take this sideways because it kind of fits your comment of co-editing and in these environments and right. to be able to drop components <clears throat> in there and all that, like why do I need to have a home app for loop? Why Loops can't a delivery mechanism? Be, why yeah. can't it just be in Teams, in SharePoint? in Outlook, wherever you're creating those components. Right, and the business workload. Right. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a bit of infrastructure. And I, I think somebody probably built it as part of, uh, you know, just a way to showcase how Loop works or whatever. But well, the real but, relevancy, I think, is when it's used within the context, like you said, of uh, the document, the spreadsheet, the PowerPoint, whatever. But if it was created, I believe it was, as a next gen OneNote, and yet OneNote had a bunch of new announcements that's out there. Is this just the once and again? Sorry, folks. This I'm, we're just like sitting here. We're gonna speculate on some things. Um, so I'm kind of wondering out loud you know, the fact that OneNote had announcements and there's there's more to come. Uh, look, and I'm, I use OneNote. I live in OneNote mm -hmm. every day. I'm, I'm doing work in OneNote. My notes for this podcast are all in one note um my grocery list is th there you go um and there's more they just sorry this is going sideways but microsoft they just brought on somebody new that owns task management across OneNote and loop and outlook and uh, uh and will integrate with planner and kind of all those all those things where tasks live are created and generated and you know, to do, of course, um, within that mix and project. Well, well Microsoft, you know, I, I don't know if you guys keep up with the, the graph API at all, but um, tasks got an overhaul uh, about a year ago. Uh, they used to be uh, living exclusively within uh, Exchange because they were tied to Outlook, but there was an attempt to abstract them a bit more. Uh, so somebody owning tasks, it makes sense if they're going across different workloads now um, because tasks have been abstracted up so that they refer to everything under that. Well, that's why I brought that up in relation to loop kind of works the same way where it's abstracted up. Mm -hmm. So where is the home page for a task? And I guess maybe that's the thinking with the loop app. So I can go to the loop mm -hmm. app and then see my pages, see my components, I get that it. might be spread across all those areas in one place. It's almost like a specialized so, search. But then I would say, well, then if that's the next gen OneNote, why not just make that OneNote? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, things just, that just, make you go, hmm. hmm. Well, my, Microsoft historically does things where there's can be a a large amount of overlap and they like to see competing things and see, Hey, which sticks, which, you know, which takes off, which gets sure. the adoption. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
And the feedback is always go use what makes sense to you, what fits with the way that your organization or you individually, the way that you like to work. The downside to that is that you start, I really love my Zoom. And then they stop making Zoom. Right. And the developer side, I really liked my Silverlight. The bastards shut down Silverlight. For C-sharp developers I, like me, that was what was going to get me into the web world. So I had to go and learn JavaScript, but I'm not bitter. I loved my <laughs> Windows phone. I did too. The Windows phone is sorely missed by a lot of people. Yeah. I still have my AS400 in the basement. It won't form the house. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine what you got in your basement, if you get my meaning. <laughs> I have, well, right here, uh, besides my, uh, sorry, on camera folks, but I've got my multiple zooms here. But as you guys both know, I also have both models of the Kin. So, yeah. Old school. Ooh. Yeah. It looks like like a pager from 1997. <laughs> it does. <laughs> you you and Rick Taylor with your with your zooms. I think <laughs> Rick was a big uh, Zoom fan. Zoom guy. You guys were yeah. the only two people in the ecosystem, I think. <laughs> Did you say ecosystem? <laughs> that's that's what I heard. You meant ecosystem. but ecosystem works. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Microsoft. Well, well, so stuff. Get back on point, though. But uh, you know, uh, around the the SharePoint stuff. But with all these different pieces, though, uh, you know, the the fact that um, I, I don't see any other detail talking about the deeper integration with, but the fact they call it out, they talk about that in the kind of the bullet points as Teeper's uh, blog post. Um, so. Uh, what does it say? Uh, the the news. See where where is it? Where did I see that? Where he talks about deeper integration um, with the other tools. Um, I mean, there's there's more. You know, obviously with more with stream and the stream web part updates. There's other video templates. Um, deeper integration, more consistency with OneDrive. Um, so a lot of those pieces. So when you're building SharePoint environments. It's more of an integrated solution. Uh, and look, this is something that before Yammer was rebranded as Viva Engage, and it's not just that it was rebranded. I mean, there's tons of new stuff that came with that. But where where Yammer, and I know there's a lot of people that not fans of Yammer, that enterprise social networking type capability. Um, but for those that kind of understand that, and I, I was very much an inner loop, outer loop, that way of messaging to differentiate between SharePoint, your intranet, Teams, your team-based, project-based collaboration, and Yammer being the community-based and initiative-based um, collaboration, um, that Yammer was actually growing, was on the rise. And what was driving uh, you know, a lot of that, the way that I would talk to people about it, number of net new installs and new customers signing on and wanting that capability um, was the deeper integration with Teams, uh, with SharePoint and elsewhere, uh, with, with Outlook, so that um, it's an integrated, no matter where you are, you're getting the notifications. You're seeing that with Teams. You're seeing that with, uh, with Exchange and Outlook. You're seeing that with Yammer Now Viva, where what's driving that growth is the fact that we've, we finally started seeing these pieces talking together, working together, 
because we were already as individuals working that way across these different platforms. And instead of having to go into separate silos, it's bridging those so that, you know, it, it's a native experience to get a prompting via email. If you communicate via email, or if I'm already in teams, I get the prompt in teams and then click on the link to either one of those to push me over to get to that content and co-edit over in SharePoint. Like it just becomes this more fluid ecosystem of capabilities where it doesn't even matter where you start, you know, at the end of working with the two of you on this content, on this project, we're going to touch all of those different tools in our collaboration. And I think that's, that's where we're going. Like it, it, it doesn't matter if you, you feel like you're email centric and you're an organization that's still email driven, you can still be utilizing these other capabilities through that interface. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, knocking down the, the remaining hurdles to seamless operation going from workload to workload. And you can now change the colors of your OneDrive folders. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I know. I, I can't remember how many, I can't even put a number on it, how many times uh, Jeff and I have had late night calls um, concerned about not being able to find content without colored folders. So how many, would you number that calls? Zero? Less I mean, than zero? I can, I can count the number of times that I've submitted, um, uh, you know, user voice request for that specific feature, um, you know. I'm poking fun, but I love it. I, that's great. Cause that's the way that I, like we're visual creatures. And so something as simple as being able to change the folder color is fantastic. It's a, like, why didn't we have this 10 years ago? Ah. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, but I, back to one of the other topics I brought up earlier. So that the, <laughs> like a unified experience, like the homepage within each one of those. So it's, it's that's, uh, so I love that. Again, that, that similar experience. If I'm, if I open up and I go to SharePoint, if I go to OneDrive, if I go to my, my Microsoft 365, it's just like going to the waffle, you know, uh, in in any of the Microsoft 365 experiences, getting to the homepage of those experiences, you're now getting like a consistent look and feel to each of those pages where you get a list of what are my recent, what was I working on? what What is my content within that workload? And then how do I go create something new? You know, it's just like creating consistent sharing buttons across all the various products. Yes, seemingly uh, tiny things, but for somebody who's in day-to-day -day operations, those little differences really do make a difference. Yeah. That would happen. Anything, anything still on your wish list with SharePoint? It's a good question. Uh, it's not well, one I've given much thought to. Yeah. I mean, I stopped doing my SharePoint whistle, wish list at Christmas years ago. <laughs> Here's Santa. Well, you have to, you have to save this up. You know, we do the, uh, for the, for the tweet jam in December, where we always do the uh, wrap up for the year and predictions for the next is it's always a, there's always a ton of Microsoft people paying attention to that one because we talk a lot about, 
our wish list item. So make sure you save up. Okay. Yeah. Take Bank it. Yeah, there's, there's, um, I mean, there's some other stuff that's in there. I know that there's, um, you know, Microsoft continues down. If you, you continue down the, 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 the blog post talks about some of the, you know, it, it, improvements to, uh, you know, Microsoft syntax. There's, there's just a, a lot of changes. In fact, um, Teeper just kept talking about this. In fact, he he mentioned this. I interviewed him in Copenhagen in November last year uh, at the European uh, SharePoint Office 365 in Azure conference. And uh, he talked about like, hey, this is going to be, you know, the biggest, you know, even bigger of a release as far as what's included than was the SharePoint that was the, the May the 4th event in 2016, hmm. where we got the new modern look and feel. Um, so there's a, just a lot that's happening down, like there's tons happening around syntax. Um, they're extending their migration, their cross-tenant migration capability, which is interesting. Sean and I come from that migration world and they're building more in to the default platform. Um, but when you talk about most of the announcements out there, it's, you know, everybody wants to hear about the Copilot stuff. It's Copilot. pretty slick. It yeah. demos well. It's cool looking stuff. Nice to have a demo that actually does the tech proud. Yeah, it demos well. It's going to uh, end the world, but, you know, <laughs> just make sure that when you when you talk about the uh, the destruction that is coming, um, that you just make sure that you do it in a positive way, so that our robot or overlords, um, you know, are kind to us when they enslave us. Thankfully, well, my tenant is named Sky. Yeah, remember, <laughs> it's not until the Skynet edition of SharePoint that we That's right. have to worry. So just watch for that. Uh, Somebody who's going to do it. Well, gentlemen, really appreciate your your thoughts on the these announcements. And I know there's a lot there's a lot to read through and go through around this. So we'll probably be talking more about this as we delve into them in the uh, forthcoming episodes. But next time we record together, I may be uh, down in the new Texas house. So we're in your spurs, huh? Yeah, I will not be purchasing boots or a hat i will fight that i'll say I, I think i just heard eric shups breathe a sigh of relief yeah yeah don't need to uh i don't need to to go into competition there that's his thing so <laughs> yeah. but well thanks so much sean and jeff for your, for your time and uh thanks for everybody for listening and if you do have any questions uh, about this um can direct you to more knowledgeable people <laughs> yeah, we like I just, dialogue. I, I was I was hanging that out there to see what kind of funny response I got from you guys. To that. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously, if, you, if it, any questions about this, you know, please feel free to reach out to us. You know, we'd love to. Anything you would like us to discover to discuss? Any questions you have? Uh, you know, please let us know because Sean, Jeff, and I get together on a monthly basis and and discuss all of the announcements. So 
love to cover some other topics that people want to know about music wise maybe we should do we talked about that at one point sean adding a little musical discussion at the end of stuff anything that you've discovered recently uh thermostatic so they're a swedish um kind of bit pop electronica so the the story behind thermostatic is um one half of carbon-based life forms is uh, Daniel Vadistrid, if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, one of his earlier efforts was with a handful of other artists, and they have this band called Thermostatic. And some of it is really kind of catchy pop. I think you might like it. Uh, Sean, are you still there? Oh, there we go. Light went off. Okay. Weird. Bluetooth. Yeah. So you might want to look at thermostatic. Thermostatic. I think, did you, have you included them in one of your mixes? Not yet. yet. I just, I, what I, I just finished reading um, The Path to Derelict, which is a book that Daniel wrote, basically the history of his life and, um, Johannes Hedberg, who's his partner in carbon-based life forms. The two of them, um, you know, have been long, they've been friends since they were kids. And so um, Daniel did this and he charts, you know, if you're a mu- music buff, he goes through, you know, all the different plugins and Roland uh, tools and all the sorts of different things he's used over the years and what he uses now, um, things they've tried, as well as different efforts he's been involved in. And so um, I, learned of the group as a result of reading that so it's really new to me too that's how i've heard of this because you've talked about and i went and was listening to carbon-based life forms so that's that's why you know we we yeah. have talked about them so oh, well, i've got it pulled open in spotify so i'll check it out as soon as we wrap here cool awesome always love the uh, music recommendations yeah well that's one i'm happy to pass along so hope you like it too jeff do you have any new favorites uh no but i learned recently that there's a metal band that covers history um called sabaton and it's like all historical like all the lyrics are like like history and it's metal and it's actually pretty good so (laughs) this is one of my son's favorite bands i'm like oh all right I had no idea what kind of music you liked, let alone this. So that's cool. <laughs> I see them also up in Spotify. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, so that's, uh, is that the Swedish band? I have no idea if they're Swedish. They might be Finnish. They might even be Canadianish. I have no idea. <laughs> uh Canadian-ish is that is that like everybody that's in America but close to the border is Canadian-ish? Yeah, yeah, like people that are in like Niagara Falls, you know, it's, yeah, you're Canadian-ish. Canadian light, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, well, I'll check them out. Thank you both, gentlemen, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you next month. All Sounds right. good. Take care. Take care, peoples. Bye. <laughs> been listening to the collab talk podcast 
New episodes are published on most Fridays, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Thank you.